Well, good morning, Touch Heaven. Good morning, Touch Heaven Online. Such a blessing to be here this morning. Wow, the presence was so powerful. And, and I have a word, and it's, it's a kind of an onward Christian soldier's word, if that's okay for today. And I know we're remembering September 11th today, and we, we do remember that, but we also don't want to miss the opportunity of what today represents for us, and that's to glorify, magnify, and exalt the name of the Lord. So with that, man, during worship, wow, uh, three words, three words were hitting me right there at the end. Three powerful words. Three passionate words. Three painful words. It is finished. It is finished. The season we're in is a season of favor. The apostle of the house has been teaching us about favor, about walking us through this season of favor. And we understand that this season isn't a chronological measurement of time, but it's a Kairos period of time. It's a season of time that God's opened up for us. But we also understand, even through Pastor Patty last week, praying about the hindrances of favor, the things that block us from receiving the favor of God. So I wanted to share today, out of Luke 19, we're going to read through 11 to 13, if you can bring that up. And as they, now, as they had heard these things, he spoke another parable, because he was near Jerusalem, and because... He thought the kingdom, because they thought the kingdom, of, uh, the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Now, let's stop there for a moment. Jesus is, is walking with his disciples. They're recognizing who he is now. They're, they're recognizing that he's the king, that he's going to bring forth the kingdom. But they have this idea that the kingdom is coming now, immediately. And he's got to stop them. He's got to walk them through a parable and say, listen, listen, not immediately. This isn't, you know, we're in this generation where things happen quickly, where we, we want things to be satisfied in our lives quickly. But he's saying, because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately, verse 12. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country and received for himself a kingdom to return and to return. And so he called 10 of his servants, delivered them 10 minas, and then said to them, do business until I come. When he says do business, business until I come, there's another word for business there. And that word, it was actually declared up here, was occupy. We're supposed to occupy until he comes. So we're supposed to be doing business until he comes. Occupy doesn't mean that we take up space. It doesn't mean that we plug a hole with our finger and wait for somebody to come and fix everything. It doesn't mean we find a seat in the pew that we're going to go to church every Sunday and no matter what on Sunday we're going to be there. And if there's a Bible study on Tuesday night, we're going to be there. That's not occupying. It doesn't mean that we, we take rest in our recliner at home. It doesn't mean that we get comfortable, that we get complacent, that we get cozy in our salvation. Occupy is not a passive word. It's an active word. To occupy in a military, if we take it to the military sense, and please forgive me if I spend too much time there because I spent 21 years of my life in the military. When we occupy something, we take something. We see something. We grab a hold of something. We take possession of it. We control something. And in doing so, as we occupy, we control what comes in and out of that territory that we occupy. 
we control what happens within that territory that we occupy, right? And here's the thing. We're not taking things that don't belong to us. We're taking things that were given to us in Jesus Christ. Everything is yes and amen in Christ. It is finished. So as we walk into this favor, this is this land that I want to talk about. I understand through, through the military that as we take territory, we have defensive postures. We have postures that we take in the military. And we use acronyms for anything, everything. One of the acronyms is Draw D. And we're going to go through some of those. First, I want to go through, uh, if you can go to Acts 111. And we'll read that together. Acts 111. Who said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like, in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Now, think about this. They're watching the ascension of Jesus Christ. They're watching him be raised up in a cloud. But now, what do we do? Ten disciples standing there. What do we do? Standing there looking. Two angels have to come and say, what are you doing? What are you doing? He gave you the parable. Now it's time to occupy. Don't just stand here gazing. Well, I wonder when he's coming back. It shouldn't be too long. He said before this generation passes away, he'll be back. Let's just settle in. Let's just stand here. Maybe he's coming right back. God's got to send somebody to Angels come and say, man of Galilee, what are you doing? Get to work. Get to occupying. Get to occupying. Telling them to stand up, step up, speak up. Maybe that's what he's saying to us in this time. I know that's what he's saying to my spirit. It's time to stand up. It's time to step up. It's time to speak up. One of the things... You know, we went over what it doesn't mean to occupy, but let's talk about what it does mean to occupy. Biblically, you know, in the world, it's the military sense. We take, we control, we possess, we seize. But in the biblical sense, it means we go about our business. We stay busy. We carry on the business of trading. We keep busy until he returns. The word occupy means to invest with the intent of increase. Now, maybe you, like me, for so many years of my life, and even at, at, at vulnerable times in my life, I wonder, what do I have to invest? Really, what are, my, what are my talents? But we each have a time that God's given us. We have, have a talent that God's given us. We've each got a treasure that he's given us. We've each got an opportunity that he set before us. Those are the things that he wants us to invest in. Those are what he wants us to invest in. And I can prove this through Acts 1.8. We'll go through this. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is what he's called us to do. This is what he's called us to do. This is our busy work. Our busy work isn't being consumed by what's going on around us, what's going on in the world, what's going on with our neighbors and, and everything else that's, that's functioning in this society. We're to be about the work of Jesus Christ to be busy in these things. 1 Peter 4.10, please. Again, we're talking about your time. We're talking about your talents. We're talking about your treasures and your opportunities. But I don't have any. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. 
As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. Each one has received a gift. Every person in here, including myself, who doesn't believe it at times and fights through doubt and fear and unbelief at times, realizes through the word, this word that we stand on, that we've each been receiving a gift. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. This is our requirement. This is our duty. This is our responsibility to share and invest these things. What are we possessing today? I want to talk about what we're, what we're possessing in this season as, as the Touch Heaven family. If we go to Isaiah 61, 2, this is the word that we've been speaking at the house. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord in the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Now, we also understand through other interpretations that this proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord is to, protect, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's what we're occupying. That's what I want to talk to you today about is occupying that promise that word see uh, there was a song i worked on not too long ago sonny and i haven't got to it yet but it's called promised land you know my promised land has to be the word of god it has to be that special place i go to right here and i stand here and no matter what's going on around me no matter what's pushing what's pulling this is the word of god this is where i'm standing this is a season of favor over the house the season of favor so that we can have increase in our lives so the things that are coming against us can be worn away washed away so that we can focus on preparing the way for the coming of the lord because that's the major mission of this house that's the primary responsibility of this house in those things, we know that there are secondary and tertiary things that come up, but the primary message prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. So we understand that as we go into the season of favor, he's kind of clearing our calendar. He's clearing our schedules. He's clearing our agendas, and we're okay with that because we trust him in that promised land. Again, in the military, like you said, we use acronyms. Draw D is one of the acronyms. An acronym is we make a word and then we make things fit into that word so that Marines that eat crayons for breakfast, lunch, and dinner can understand what's going on. You know, so the D in that is to defend. Now, I'm going to go through these biblical, biblically, but at the same time, we have to understand that this territory isn't without restriction. It's not without a fight and without resistance. When we're going into the promise of God, the devil doesn't want us standing in the promises of God. He's, he's waging war against that. We hear these scriptures, come into the gates with thanksgiving and praise. Hallelujah, come into the gates with thanksgiving and praise. But it doesn't say that along the way there's not going to be a battle. Along the way there's not going to be warfare. Uh, along the way there's not going to be an enemy waiting to, to tear you down, to knock you down, right? But in this promised land, we have to defend that. Jude 1, chapter 1, verse 3. It's funny in Jude, you know, it's one chapter. It's kind of my favorite chapter book to read because it's one chapter and we can read through it real quick. I read a book of the Bible today, even this morning. It feels good, but it says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once and for all delivered to the saints. To contend, to contend, that means there's some contention out there. There's some enemy out there. There's some, some forces out there that don't want you to understand the common salvation. They, they don't want you to 
possessed the land that Jesus said it is finished for you to have, right? So there's a contending out there. So we have to defend against the contending that's going against us. We have to defend our church at times. When, when the world comes against the church and says, hey, there's this virus out there, we got to shut down the church. We have to defend the bride of Christ and say we will not shut down because the Bible says do not forsake the assembly together of the saints, right? So we have to come in and we have to defend our position. We have to defend the word of God because we understand that when we get separated, we're in trouble. We need each other. We need fellowship. We need community. So we have to defend that. So that's our D in draw D is defend. Our R is reinforce. If we can go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 6. And of course, I was doing this out of the Amplified, but we may have a different version here, but it doesn't matter. We're going to reinforce. So as we're occupying, we're defending. Now we're reinforcing. And there are diversity of activities, but it is the same God who works in all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each, one for the profit of all. Okay, so we can actually stop there. Go back to verse 6 real quick. A lot of times this territory makes it feel like we're standing here alone. We're standing on the promises of God all by ourselves. And when we don't have community and fellowship in the church family, it gets lonely out here. Sometimes we're contending, we're defending, and we're getting beat up. We, it seems like the enemy's all around us. And there are a diversity of activities. This word's telling us that we don't have to do it alone. We're not supposed to do it alone. There's things that I do that have, that have been accomplished in my life because I didn't do them alone, because I came along people even in here. There's, there's things that Jim Headley can do because we connect together. Brian, things we did together. Sonny, things that we can do together. Things that I could never do alone. Even Ken, things that I could never do alone that you've shared with me. There are things that happen. I can't do them alone. Standing here by myself would be hard, but we reinforce when we come together, when we share. You know, th this body needs certain nutrients in it. My physical body needs nutrients in it. I need vitamins A, B, C. I need all these other minerals and, and things that take place. If they don't happen, I become disabled, I can become malnutritioned, I become vulnerable, but when I come to church, Michelle brings joy, Patty brings power. I don't know what Eddie brings, but if he's not here, I miss it, and I feel all week that I missed that little explosion that happened, put something in the atmosphere, grabbed a hold of me, and said, you can make it, you can do it. We need each other. We don't come to church for us. This isn't about us. This is about what we provide to the body, what we do for one another. We reinforce, we make each other strong so that we can defend. So those times when we're standing watch by ourselves in the midnight hour, we're strong, we're capable. We need each other. So we defend, we reinforce as we're occupying. I like this one personally. The A is attack. If we can go to Proverbs 24, 11. Deliver those who are drawn towards death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. Now, in my version, it says rescue those. If I'm by myself, if I'm not defending, if I'm not reinforcing, I'm not strong, I have a hard time running out and grabbing those that are backsliding, those that are slipping away, those that are wandering into darkness, those that are being led. 
you know, we know that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in high places. So when, when we see people that we love or people that we see in the community and we want to grab a hold of them, we know that it's not flesh and blood that we're warring against with them. It's powers and principalities. We need each other so that we can go and attack. We're to rescue those who are drawn towards death and hold back the stumbling of the slaughter. We're attacking from our position of occupying. One of them, our W, is to withdraw. We'll do that through Jude, Jude, my favorite book, chapter 1, verse 23. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version. Save others, snatching them out of the fire, and on some have mercy, but with fear, loathing, and even clothing spotted and polluted by their shameless immoral freedom. But we're to snatch them out of the fire. So there's, here's the thing. This is, this is the place we occupy. This is the promise that we're standing in. And we need to find our own promises. For the church right now, we know we're preparing the way, but we're in a season of favor. But in our own lives, not corporally, but individually, there's things that you need in your family. And I know that because we see some of the prayer concerns come around. We talk in men's group and in, in your ladies' group that there's prayer concerns out there. So we know that there's things that are needed individually. And we have to find those promises and stand on those promises for ourselves, right? Here's the thing. Sometimes from this position, we have to go into territories that we weren't made for, that we weren't designed for. God puts us on a special mission, maybe a clandine mission, to run into neighborhoods and communities. And, and what a great message to go back to, Leanne, with raising the valleys high and the mountains low. That's so important because as, as we prophetically declared that, we understand that there, there's a movement coming through here through Franklin Graham that's coming to this valley. And now we've prepared, uh, prophetically decreed that this valley be raised up. So now there's a reinforcement coming to reinforce that word, that prophetic word, for this valley to be raised up. And we understand that we have power and authority over this valley because God's placed us in this valley. We occupy this valley. We are in Mahoning County. Dominic, you know you, gotta, you have an identity in this valley. You have a voice for this valley. So we withdraw. So withdrawing means there's times we got to go on rescue missions. There's times that we got to set, you know, and sometimes we got to be strategic. We just can't announce to the world, hey, on Friday night, we're going to meet up. We're going to go to Walmart. We're going to disciple. We're going we're gonna to share the gospel and we're going to go heal people. As soon as, as soon as the devil hears that, guess what he's doing? He's reinforcing. He's already got people waiting for you Friday night when you get to Walmart. There's sometimes you just need to join up with a group of men, a group of ladies, a group of believers. Don't let the devil know where you're going. Say, hey, let's meet up at 6 o'clock. And at 6 o'clock, you say, where are we going? Make a phone call. Hey, you home? Yep, we're home. Okay, we're going. Boom, be gone. Don't give the devil time to reinforce his positions. We're going to go occupy there. And as we go in, we're going to grab people and withdraw them back to community, back to fellowship, back to grace and mercy and salvation. So we withdraw. Daniel 7.25, this will be our last letter in the acronym that was draw D. Remember, defend, reinforce, attack, withdraw, and now we're on delay. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. It, you know, it's, it's amazing how the word lines up with worship. And we were talking about the Most High and the names of God, the Most High God. 
the devil hates the devil hates God, but it don't matter. He already won. He will speak words. Amen. Amen. He will speak words against the most high God and wear down the saints. If we're not if we're not doing these things of occupying, if we're not doing these things of contending for our faith, you know, contending makes us stronger. You know, when you're the contender in a boxing match, that means you're going up against a champion. But you know what? Along the way, purposefully, you have to fight others that are in contention, because as you fight them, as you war against them, as you contend with them, you become stronger. You learn new techniques, new tactics to go against the enemy. So we need a little bit of contention in our life because it makes us stronger. Now, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. But through the, the things of life, we know that God says, I work all things out for your good. So even if the enemy's trying to make us weak, he's using that to make us strong, right? So he shall speak pompous words against the Most High shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend, intend to change the times and the laws. So the last letter in my acronym is a D, and that, that letter is for delay. Sometimes the devil puts on his britches a little bit too high. He puts on his sneakers, ties them up, and runs ahead of himself. You know, sometimes he tries to, to change the time and the laws in our life, and he has no authority to do that. He can do what he wants down the street to people that don't believe in Jesus Christ. But he can't do that to us and to our families. He wants, to, he wants to delay us from receiving our full inheritance, but at the same time, he wants to delay us from many things by changing the laws and the times. When we're occupying the truth, when we're occupying the promises of God, we have authority, we have control, we have possession. We have seized and taken hold of everything that God's given us. So we can deny the devil the ability to delay us from our inheritance. And we begin to delay him. We step in and stop him in his action. He wants nothing more than to steal, kill, and destroy, right? He, he's got a couple. So I, I came across all these D words that represent what the devil does to, to try to come against us. You know, I'm, alliterations, I think, is what they call them. He wants to discourage us, right? Discourage us. He wants to detour us. Dom, you used that word yesterday, I believe. Somebody did. They want to detour us. He wants to get us off the path that we were on. He's always trying to deceive us right from the beginning. He was a, a deceiver of the brethren, telling lies. Surely the Lord did not say. He wants to get us disenchanted. What's that mean? To me, that means he wants to, us to not have a wonder and, and a, a mystery and a love of the, those things that are the treasures of God that are hidden. He wants to take those away from us so we don't have hope and faith, so that we turn those things down, so we turn away from those things. He wants us diseased, diseased. He wants to take our peace, our ease of knowing who we are in Him. So He diseases us. He wants to deny us. He wants to prevent us from getting the things that are already belong to us, the things that are true and, and uh, as heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. He wants to devour us. You know, it's one thing here, you know, I'll give my life for my wife and my kids. I could care less what happens to me, to be honest. Sometimes it seems like it'd be easier if I just went away. I don't mean this in any sadistic way, but take me. 
Take the burdens and the stress and the things that you're trying to do against my family and throw them at me. Whatever it takes, whatever strength I have, let me fight them, but leave my family alone. He wants to devour, but here's the thing. He's not just looking to devour us individually. He wants to devour our family. Not only does he want to devour your family, but he wants to make you watch your family be devoured. He's so evil. There's nothing. These people say that when we get to hell, we're going to have a party. You're not having a party. They're going to have a party as they rip you apart, as you never die, as our body aches and bleeds and cries and moans for, in repentance and in desire to be with God, but they can't be. There's no pleasure there. There's no party there. So how does, how does he get us from here most often? And again, it came through in worship. I'm supposed to occupy this territory right here in this territory of favor. This is a place of favor. God wants me to be in favor during this season. He wants us to be in the season of favor. He distracts us. Got a million distractions out there. Even prophetically, we, we, we bound distractions this morning in worship. Thank you guys for that. Thank you for listening to the Holy Spirit. Thank you for being open that I'm not going to just stick to this set of words, this set of lyrics that somebody else spoke in a moment of time when they were writing. And it, and it meant something to them. But adding to that, to, to hearing and pushing through, through verberations and vibrations and frequencies throughout the earth, a new declaration. Thank you for being open and willing. Because that, sometimes this is awkward, this is hard, this isn't an easy thing, what they do up here. And sometimes they have to look past us and say, I'm going to please God more than I want to please man. So we thank you for being willing to do that. And we need to be willing to do that in our life. But he's trying to distract us. So what are the ways that he works to distract us? I've, I've found a lot in my life that he's, he's trying to do a trade with me. Now, I'm supposed to be the one trading, right? I'm supposed to be one busy investing my time, treasure, my talents and my opportunities, but sometimes I find myself trading with him. And I'll trade favor for fairness. Amen. Yeah, sometimes that's not fair. It's not fair. I want what they have. I work harder than they do. I should have what they have. I've given more. I've done more. I've served more. And then I start walking that way, and, I, and I'm wanting that thing. I'm willing to trade favor for fair, you know, the world's not fair. Fairness ended in the Garden of Eden. And the truth is, the deepest part of you doesn't want fair. Because fair's never enough. Fair never satisfied. There's always somebody smarter. There's always somebody better looking. There's always somebody stronger. There's always somebody more capable. Pastor Frank says, sends me a text, can you lead Sunday? And I'm thinking, I'm not Pastor Frank. <laughs> but... Here I am thinking about Occupy, talking with friends about occupying, and I need to take the opportunities that God gives me. So yes, Pastor Frank, I'll do it, but I'm not you. And the Lord's okay with that. You don't have to be Pastor Frank. You don't have to be Sonny Cashbar, Leanne Headley to worship. You know, we had this whole church as a worship team. They lead musically, but we lead spiritually in other ways through our adoration, through our clap offerings, through our dance offerings, through our, through our mouth, through, through a big portion of our worship teams, Eddie, the, the, the back with the banners and the flags, 
That's activating. That's a signal to God. That's a signal to the angels that are looking for a signal for a place that they can come. Hey, there's activity there that's worshiping God. I'm going to go be in the presence. That's favor. We have to occupy favor. We can't trade favor for fairness. We can't disqualify favor and trade it for fairness. It's not fair. It's not fair if you've been abandoned by, by a parent, by a husband, by a community. That's not fair. I wish that never happened. It's not fair if you were abused. It's, it's not fair. If you were denied relationships, if somebody stole from you, that's not fair. That's not fair. If you've been neglected your whole life or feel neglected your whole life, that's not fair. If something came out of time and grabbed a hold of your parents and took them too soon or grabbed a hold of a child too soon, that's not fair. But let's let the Lord deal with fairness. Let's stand in favor. So what's the Lord want to do through favor? We want the favor of God. But we have to occupy. We can't sit here and say, well, everybody in my family gets cancer, so I'm just waiting for my time to die. We have to stand in favor. It may be that in the past, everybody in my family died from cancer, but that cancer dies in this generation because he paid the price. It is finished. I inherited the promises of God. By his stripes, I am healed. This mouth has power. This mouth speaks forth the truth and the declarations and the proclamations of God. If we're standing in favor, we have to contend for favor. We have to defend favor. We have to attack with favor. We can't sit here and, oh, I'm just waiting on the Lord to come. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away when I die. Hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Until you come, Lord, we're going to be doing business. I'm going to be exchanging some of these times, treasures, and talents into the opportunities that you give me. I know you're coming back. There's no doubt. Jesus, have no doubt. Jesus will return. But where will you be when he's returning? In these verses, it said the ten servants were with him. Now, when he talked about that parable, he only mentioned three of them. One of them had sown his and got back five. One got back two. One hid it because he was afraid of the master. But he talked about ten. I'm not sure what the other seven, but he also talks about ten again. And it's the ten virgins. Five were full of the Holy Spirit. Five were empty. How will he find us? Because he's coming back. Now, he's given us favor in this season to receive everything that he wants for us. But we got to fight for it. we got to contend for it. He's coming back, but we're not going to sit and rest and wait on that. We're not going to become a country club. We're going to go out and do the business of the Lord. We're going to go out and rescue people, defend people. We're going to reinforce one another in this season of favor. We're going to use the blessings that we have to be a blessing to others and bring them into the kingdom. Because it says that... As we do business, as we occupy, that word occupy with the intent to increase, the intent to expand the kingdom. So that's no longer just favor. This is favor now. I've moved over here. This is favor now. I'm going over here. This is favor now. Because everywhere the soles of our feet shall touch belongs to us. We take possession of that land. 
that's who we are. That's what we're coming into because we have to be able to go over there to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord because he's not just coming to touch heaven church and he's not going to sit right here and talk to us here. He's coming for the harvest. He's coming for all the earth. I don't think it's an accident that we have churches in, represented from Iran and Pakistan and Nicaragua and Africa and Jerusalem. China, we have churches represented from this little place. It's not by accident that we reach those places. There's a message that's poured out from here. In this season, primarily preparing the way for the coming of the Lord, secondarily, we're in a season of favor. And we have to walk into that favor. We have to believe for that favor. We have to contend for the favor. This is the year of favor, declares the Lord. And every other promise, it's not just those promises. I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. That's his promise. That's what he speaks over us. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, Paul wrote that. Not inspired by his own hand and he just wanted to say something nice. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He steals first. It's written right there, the agenda. You know, in the military, another thing we use is TTPs when we're discussing the enemies. Those are tactics, techniques, and procedures. Because what it allows us to do is when we're contending for our community, when we're contending for our platoon, when we're contending for our territory, we understand that the enemy has a strategy and he uses techniques. There's tactics that he always falls back to. There's practices that he uses. And if we can identify them first, we can defend against those things. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible tells us that. Why? Because the Lord wants us to know that the devil's coming to steal. What's he coming to steal? I believe personally through personal revelation that it's the fruits of the Spirit. I believe he's coming to steal your love. He's coming to steal your peace. He's coming to steal your joy. Why? Because he wants to kill relationships. That's what he's after. Relationships. Jesus came to restore relationship of us with the Father. He, the devil came to deny it, to delay it, to distract us from it. But Jesus came to restore that relationship. So he comes to steal, kill and destroy. He's killing relationship. How does that kill a relationship? You know, when you have no joy, my wife will tell you there's days I have no joy. I'm not fun to be around. She doesn't want to be around me. And when I don't have joy, I don't have peace. I don't have love. I don't have patience. I don't, I get twisted real quick. I'm not friendly to be around. It's hard to have kindness and gentleness when you don't have love, joy, and peace. And joy, when he steals joy, what's he really stealing? I, I love you, Michelle. You, I'm so, I see joy all over you, all the time. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. If he can steal your joy, he's got your strength. How does he do that? He distracts you. It's not fair. I want what they have. Don't worry about what they have. Trust God for favor. Don't let your fruits be taken from you. Don't let them be stolen. Because then relationships fail. Relationships suffer. So he kills your relationships. Now you have nobody to reach out to. You know, have nobody reaching out to you because you're miserable to be around. And they say misery loves company. 
no, no, no. If people want to be miserable, let them be miserable alone. Be miserable alone. I'm not joining you there. I'm not going there with you. Because if I join you there now, I got to go home and try to wipe that stuff off and not take it home with me. No, I'm going home with love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, and self-control. I'm taking those things to my house because this is where I live. He kills our relationships. Now we're all by ourselves. You're out there in the world all by yourself, and he's looking to destroy you. How's he destroy us? He tries to take our identity and likeness of God. You're, you're nothing like God. You're not made in his image. God would never do something like that. A good Christian would never do that. Now we're, we're, now we're walking into worry, anxiety, depression, because we're out there all by ourselves. Now, here's the thing. We know this now. We've been given inside information. We've been told what the techniques and tactics and procedures of the enemy are. So when we see people walking in that way, we're not going to be fair to them. You know, there's times when my wife does something and I want to respond fairly to what she's done. I want to pay her back for the way she treated me. That's not what God tells us to do. If she's not demonstrating love to me, guess what I have to give to her? Love. Because as long as the earth remains, so does the time of seed time and harvest. God will not be marked what you sow you shall reap. If I want to, if I want to receive frustration and, and the things that are dark coming from my wife, then I should sow that back in because that's fair but I shouldn't expect to receive something else. I want the favor of the Lord, so I'm gonna stand here, and even if I'm being mistreated, neglected, abused, I'm not saying that happens. <laughs> Trust me, she's, she's stronger than me in some ways, but she doesn't abuse me, she doesn't neglect me, she doesn't ab abandon me once or twice maybe, but that was just for a couple hours to get some ice cream. Th that doesn't happen to me, but if I want favor in my life, right? If I want favor, I can't respond and react the same way that I'm being treated. That's a technique and tactic of the devil. That's, even if she did that, that's not her. It's not flesh and blood. It's powers and principalities in high places trying to use her as a vessel to get to me. Shame on me. Shame on me if I allow the devil to use somebody to get to me. Joy, peace, comfort, love, those things are mine right here. The reason that happens is because I stepped off. I chased after something. I got distracted. I got dissuaded. We're going to stand in favor as a church. We're going to reinforce one another. We're going to defend one another. We're going to, we're going to go in at times to places that we never thought we'd go. We're going to grab people. We're going to withdraw them from the, from the territories and from the slide that they're on. We're going to attack the devil every chance we get and take new territory. New territory, what's it mean in the kingdom? He who wins souls is wise. Don't you want to be wise in the Lord's eyes? Don't you want to be wise in the Lord's eye? Think about the places that we give our finances. Now, we're going to do offering later. I'm not doing this for that reason. But think about the places. I get asked all the time, hey, you want to give money to this? Do you want to give money to this? And I felt like in the past as a Christian that I was obligated to give to anybody who asked me because I'm supposed to be charitable. Are you winning souls? If you're winning souls, I'll sow. Because he who wins souls is wise. So maybe, maybe there's a donation that's happening that I don't need to give to. Maybe I don't need to give to Starbucks. I need to give to a community in Nicaragua that's got 150 kids coming every Sunday. That's every kid's getting fed and getting a gift. Or in Iran or Pastor Tori in India where they're winning souls.
that's favor. It looks good to be have somebody behind you and to sow into some things that just feel good, right? We're not about feelings. We need to win souls. We're in a season of favor. I'm not quite sure how to end this. Uh, maybe I should look at my notes. I got away from them. The devil, oh, well, let's start here. This is easy. It's not in my notes. The devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Now, there was a song. There was a song back in the day. Pastor Frank's not here, so he can't smack me. He can smack me later. But the song was, I like big butts, right? I'm, so do I. But God. I came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly but I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Where we're at now doesn't matter. We take, a, we take a clean slate from here. Mercy and goodness follow us all the days of our lives. The mercy is new every day. Every day his mercy is new for us. Now why do we need new mercy every day? My friend Quentin, if he was here, he's at the hospital with a family member right now, but if he's here, he'd tell you you need mercy every day because you get an allotment of mercy every day. Don't waste your mercy on, that's not fair. Save your mercy for the things that resemble and bring in favor. Don't waste your mercy. Don't waste your grace. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. John 2, I'm sorry, 2 John verse 8. Second John... Oh, you know what? I didn't give you the whole verse. I didn't give you everything you needed. So I'll read this. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought. I hear that word rot, and I'm like, what does that mean in the Bible? We've, we've all remember, you know, when we look at things that are vintage or from the past, there was wrought iron, right? Wrought iron fences. Strong fences. They were formed. They were molded. They were worked. That's what rot means there. Look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought, which we have formed. Don't let loose of the things that we've already captured, knowing that the promises are true, that the word of God is true. But that we receive a full reward. That's God's desire for us, is that we receive the full reward Jesus didn't die to give us a partial inheritance. That's not what he died for. He said it is finished. Three powerful words. Three passionate words. Three painful words. He didn't say that so that we'd have less than what he wanted us to have. Heirs and joint heir with Christ Jesus. Everything's yes and amen in Christ. It is finished in Christ. I don't know what you're going through, the people in here. I know what I wrestle with in the late hours of night. I, I know the things that keep me awake. I know the things that I focus my attention on that sidetrack me, Sonny, that distract me. And they're not all bad things. Listen, all the things that we do, that doesn't mean they're bad. If we get, if we get busy, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. But is, is, it a, is it a good thing or is it a God thing? The devil, the, the evil one, Eddie, the evil one, will take opportunity 
to sometimes throw a good thing in front of us to keep us from a God thing. There's good things out there. Let's see what the God things are. Let's begin to ask him, standing in favor, God, in this season of favor, what do you have for me? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to spend my money? Where do you want me to, to invest my time, talents, treasures, and opportunities? That's where we're at. Like I said, I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're struggling through, but I know there's a victory. We, it was, we had a little bit of humor in men's group yesterday, and our, it said our days are full of troubles, you know, and, and I can't deny that at times, but man's days are full of trouble. Not for us. Our days are full of victories. Our days are full of conquering. You know, we may, we may contend, we may be in battle, we may be in warfare, but we don't end in defeat. We end in victory. We end in freedom. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, Pastor Patty, you're going to have to help me because I'm not quite sure where to go. But if you need a little infusion of, of a military acronym, if you need some reinforcement so that you can contend and defend, if you, can, if you need some boldness or courage so that you can go on the attack and you can withdraw somebody from pain and suffering that's dealing with worry, anxiety, fear, depression. If you need some of that, the altar's gonna be open after service. I ask that you come up and, and we'll lay hands on you. I thank God for this church. We're not many in numbers, but we come here at night sometimes and pray and you wouldn't believe what happened. God is in this place. The other day we were in here and we're worshiping, just fellowshipping with God. And, and in the spirit, I could see angels as, as high as this roof peeking in to see what was going on. And I'm, and I'm wondering, like, why are they outside looking in? These were warring angels. These were, these were soldiers from the Lord's army that were looking for assignments to go fight on our behalf. And we're praying for people in here. We're believing, declaring for people in here, for things to change in your life, for the favor to be found, for the enemy to be denied, destroyed, deceived. Let him deceive himself. But there were angels looking in. And it's almost like, all right, tell us what to do. We're going. Those are the things that are happening in a place like this. Touch Heaven Church, Canfield.